0: Welcome to episode 180, of McChesney Unchained down here at the DNVR Sports Bar and Studio. This place is hopping damn near every night. Uh, and definitely get down here and uh, watch the NCAA Tournament games tonight for the Elite Eight as it wraps up. Michigan, uh, UCLA, and USC and Gonzaga get down tonight so you know that'll be on down here. Uh, so get down to the DNVR Sports Bar and Studio down here off of Colfax. This place kicks ass, so uh, definitely come down and support. Episode 108 is brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings and trust me they are my best friends right now because I am killing it in the tournament and I am not afraid to talk about it. Uh, But it is also time for your favorite tournament of the year and that's Augusta. Uh, And the golfers down in Augusta, Georgia trying to get that coveted uh, jacket and DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of all the action by giving you a shot to land it on the green. Uh, this week, DraftKings is giving you a 100 to 1 odds on a golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, this is the time. Uh, turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament and if they finish in the top 10, you can cash out for 100 bucks. 100 to 1 odds is the offer and it doesn't come around very often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now and get on it and uh, take advantage of all the action and the golfers in the tournament down there in Augusta this Thursday DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable and you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience download the DraftKings app now uh, and use the promo code DNBR when you sign up for a 100 to 1 odd or a $1 to $100 on the golfer of your choosing as they finish in the top 10 of in this weekend's tournament that code is DNVR to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Do you have a gambling problem? 1-800-522-4700. That's 1-800-522-4700. We roll on episode 108 right now. Uh, so, first and foremost, uh, episode 108 is going to be quick and to the point because there's not a lot of elaboration on a lot of different top topics, but we are going to talk heavy buffs, heavy Broncos next week. Uh, Buff Center and and former NBA Center David Harrison joins us here on the show to talk about the wrap up for the uh, NCAA title game on Monday night. Uh, I'm excited to watch that as as the uh, Final Four set after today's game. So let's get into the Buffs and the Broncos. The Buffs open spring Bowl this weekend or, or this week, and I'm. I don't know if I've been more excited for a buff season than I am now. I think that the Friday night opener against UNC is going to be the biggest party in Folsom history, and I will be there. Uh, I can't wait for Texas A&M's soft ass to come into Denver. I know they don't want to go to Folsom. And look, that's the narrative I'm going to beat, even if it's not true. Don't care. Every time the Aggies come to Boulder, we run their ass, and that's why they don't want to come. That's why we're going to Sports Authority or Empower, whatever we call it now, because they don't want to get ran in Boulder. And if that's the narrative we have to roll to run them, I'm with that. So, I'd like to think that this is a ex- very exciting time for all Buffalo fans. I mean, the excitement that just came off of of the the basketball team winning a game in the tournament, running Georgetown, and then look, Florida State was pretty good. They just ran into a huge team that plays defense and they locked us down. But it was exciting, man. I mean, I, it was great to see you know the bus having success regardless if its football or basketball. And I I think that this is the first opportunity in a long time for that team to come together. Um, and and put some pads on and go find out who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to be the New left tackle, replacing Will Sherman, who's going to be the three technique, replacing the great Mustafa Johnson. Is Neuer or Lewis going to be the guy, or are they going to split time? I mean, in college, I think you can do it with two, but if you got two, you ain't got one. Uh, This might be time for Neuer to move to safety for all I know. I don't know, man. I'm saying he's coming off shoulder surgery, and Lewis is really, really, really good. and. I know that Carl Durell is in the business of winning football games, not necessarily popularity contests, so that means if somebody's feelings have to get hurt for us to win 10 games, well, shit, bro, your feelings are inconsequential. Um, I'm very appreciative of what Neuer did, and I'm not trying to talk about it like I know because I don't, but I do know what I see. And even with one good eye, because damn sure I'm not running NASCAR races anytime soon, all left turns, um, I see that Brandon Lewis is better. He's more athletic. He can run. When he was in the game against Texas, the offense moved differently. And it gives everybody the fear of 11-on-11 football. Neuer can throw the ball. I mean, he put up major points. He's got a a guy named Rice as a receiver. I think that might work out a little bit. By the way, that kid's a first-round draft pick. Just stay healthy. Keep your nose clean. You're a first-round draft pick. He's a fucking freak. Uh, So I, I, I look at this football team top to bottom and I see depth. I see competition. I see good coaching. I think we upgraded significantly when Mel Tucker and his staff left. Uh, I like Coach Kapovic. I think he's a great offensive line coach. I, I like Coach Rodriguez. I like Coach Cap more. I'm not going to lie. Um, that's the only place that I think you know we could. I'm not saying we're bad. I'm just it is what it is. Mel Tucker is a, you know, Carl Durrell's a better head coach than Mel Tucker. Coach Wilson's a better defensive coordinator than Tyson Summers and whoever the fuck the defensive coordinator was when Mel Tucker was here, which I still think was Tyson. Um, I know damn well he's a better defensive line coach than Jimmy Brubaugh, who just got fired from Tennessee. So it's about wanting to be here too. Colorado's not like everywhere else. And I know everyone says that, but it's true. It's true in Boulder. It's not like everywhere else. You have to want to be here. And there's guys in that coaching staff room that want to be here, and they have ties here, and they want this place to be good. And I'm going to just say this again. I was up there like going on three weeks now, almost a month, and presented to the entire staff a bunch of different players. And the one consistent in the room and one thing Carl Durrell looked at me in the face and said was, It hasn't been good enough. Why would people be excited? And that, look, admitting you have a problem is the first step to recovery, bro. So it really got me excited because I know they're trying to fix the issue. It's not just going to be an issue that everyone's like, well, how do we fix it? And I hope they do. I hope he's the guy here for 10 years. So I think the coaching staff is set up for the players to really go compete and for the best guy to play. And I don't know if it's been like that here forever. I think that they've been, you know, maybe there's been favorites played. I'm not sure. I don't know, uh, but I do think that there's real depth. And when you have an offensive line with Casey Roddekau, who I think's a pro and a real preckett guard who can really move people, and Frank Philippe, who I think's a pro and can do it at a high level and you, you know you've got you got Cush on the team he coming back on a waiver and you've got Austin Johnson coming back off off of surgery and, and healthy and you know Jake Wiley the Eagle Crest product that's Dungeon Family wearing number 60 up there consequently he's starting at right tackle for them this spring and looking I mean he walked in the door the other day at 6-0 and filled up the damn door frame and I knew he was big but goddamn Jake He's a pro. He's going to start as a redshirt freshman. I mean, you start as a redshirt freshman, you play three years in the Pac-12. That equals big checks, which is why we do shit the way we do it at 6-0. I see it first. I saw it at 15 years old with that kid. So I think that they have a real chance to be nasty and physical up front. I love their backs. I think Broussard's great. And I think the other kids that didn't get a lot of run last year, I think it'll motivate them to be even better. Hagan is going to have a stable. I like Lewis at quarterback, I like Neuer as the backup, and and I like Neuer to be involved in a lot of different things, and kind of put his coach hat on a little bit too. You know, you got to be a good veteran in this situation. If the other guy's better, the other guy's better. Like I said, I think Rice is a pro, and if he's leading the receiver room and they have to pay a lot of attention to him, it's just going to open up the the gates for Chenault and all these other freaks too, because Chivarini's been recruiting his ass off. Chase Penry is a young guy up there that's going to ball. Trustin Oliver is a young guy up there that's in the secondary from 6 0 from who's going to ball and has and really found a home at safety and corner. Um, I like their defense coming back. I think, look, I think Mustafa could have benefited from another year at CU, but I also think he's good enough to play on Sunday now. So he made a decision and he's rolling. I think Lang's a draft pick. I think Jalen Sumai is a draft pick. I think Lambin's the best linebacker in football, and he's going to come back real pissed off uh, that that Buckus wasn't sitting in his room. Uh, so go get it. Go get it, 53. Let's see it. I want to see that fucking Buckus in Boulder again. We ain't won one since Matt Russell in 96. Jordan Dizon was a guy I played with, and he uh, he was a runner-up when he was a senior. I played with him as a freshman. I remember when Dizon walked into uh, the, the locker room for the first time. He had this real dirty-ass mustache he walked in and he looks like a safety because he was undersized and he has this trash bag with all this shit over his shoulder. And I, I remember looking at Sam Wilder and being like, Sam, who the fuck is the janitor, bro? And then he walked on the field for the first time and I was like, holy shit, this kid is lightning. Started every fucking game in his career at it He was the first freshman to start in God knows how long, under Brian Cabral no less. So it, I'm just saying, looks can be deceiving. There's a lot of big guys who look like they're good football players and they're soft as baby shit and trust me that shit is soft and grainy it's gross it gets under your fingernails it's really disgusting the opener on friday night against unc we talked about at the beginning of this buff segment is going to be amazing i know damn well there's going to be a whole bunch of dnvr people there i cannot wait for ryan to go up and i the, the smile on that man's face is going to be ear to ear to ear to ear it's going to wrap around his fucking head so, <laughs> I, did, I can't wait for that to happen because that's going to be an awesome environment and we're going to shit-stomp UNC. We're going to absolutely destroy them, which, good. If CSU was on the docket, we'd absolutely destroy them, too. By the way, by the way, all you fucking sheep out there, all you sheep fans, all you sheep up in Fort Collins, all the sheep in the gym that are going to Fort Collins, all you babas, we're not dodging you. It's called the schedule. We want to play SEC schools. And Big Ten schools. That's why we're scheduling Texas A&M and Minnesota. We were going to go to Fort Collins last year and mop your ass up. You're lucky that COVID hit because we would have taken over your fucking stadium. It would have been all black and gold singing the fight song. We would just want to went out there and stuck the flag in the middle of the field and be like, hey, nice, nice stadium. This is called Canvas Stadium, right? Not anymore. This is Colorado North. So let's, let's just be real. You can talk shit like we're dodging you all you want. And that's fine. That's fine. I hope we get you in a bowl game one day. Or you join a big boy conference so we can actually play you consistently. But until then, you're a warm-up game, bro. You're always going to be the little brother. And I hope this pisses you off. Do something about it. So, should hammer UNC. And that's good. And then that that A&M game in Empower is going to be incredible. The Minnesota game at home is going to be tough. P.J. Flack had an 11-win football team two years ago. They fell off during COVID. They'll be back. They're going to be hard. They row that boat. And then the opener in Tempe, I will be there. I can't fucking wait. I cannot wait to go to Tempe uh, and see my old head coach, Herm Edwards, and just be in that environment. Everything's pretty much open down in Arizona. Uh, my uh, my, My boy Romero's down there, and he's the director of the Fiesta Bowl, so he's going to get us a bunch of hookups and shit, and I'm really excited for that trip. And then, you know, I'm, I'm praying to God that everything's normal and you can just travel because I I may try and go to every Buff game this year, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it's having it taken away from you is pretty shitty, so <laughs> I'm pretty motivated to get to as many environments that involve my Colorado Buffaloes beating somebody's ass as humanly possible, so... Uh, Yeah, that'll be that. But spring ball has kicked off. Um, I'm hoping that they let people go to the spring game, but regardless, I hope it's on some kind of streaming service so I can watch these guys practice and play. And I think there's a lot of talent in the the room up there in Boulder, and they're just getting better. I know they're recruiting their ass off all over the country, and and I'm excited to see what they do. So uh, best of luck to the Colorado Buffaloes as we move forward here uh, on episode – Episode 108 of McChesney Unchained. Remember, we're down here at the DNVR Sports Bar and Studio off of Colfax, uh, so come check it out. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about my neighbor, uh, my my boy at Maven, uh, and Maven Hemp uh, and uh, CBD is right next door to me at six zero, and he's been working out with us and kicking ass, and I've been taking this product, and it's been awesome. Um, and I don't know what your post-workout rituals are, but uh the dungeon family and maven have been crushing some sessions together on a daily basis and we put a lot of thought into the recovery of the of the athletes there both from a cbd side uh from they've got these badass like uh uh what do you call it a, a slav or something and you just rub it all over your shoulder and the pain goes away it's pretty awesome i took 3 of the cbd pills this morning um And look, they are the friendly neighbor to the Dungeon family. And usually our neighbors hate us, but these guys love us because we kick ass. Um, And it's a scientific innovation here uh, from Israel to Colorado, and it drives the process in creating the highest quality hemp-based CBD products on the market. And guys obsess uh, over every ingredient in their product, which is why they do such a rigorous uh, third-party lab testing system over at Maven. And they don't waste any time and if you go to mavenhemp.com, you can check out more about it. It's also in the display case down at the gym and it's a product that I actively take every day. Uh, so we're, we're proud to talk about Maven Hemp and everything they do and a quality CBD product. Uh, so check out mavenhemp.com and uh, it can really help with your post-workout like it helped me. And, and I'm I'm down from 376 to 297. So I'm wearing an XL t-shirt today, super sexy. If you thought my ego was big at 370, wait until I'm like 270 with abs. I'm going to be uncontrollable. I'm going to be a fucking problem. Feeling real dangerous these days. So let's get into this. Uh, Our boys at Maven bring us our Bronco talk today. So look, um, the Denver Broncos. I want the draft to happen so bad. I am so tired of all this speculation and talk and fucking jargon. But it's what it is. It's the beauty of the NFL. It's a year-long process now. I don't even need a game to get excited. Uh, all I need is to call Kyle Fuller coming to Denver like everyone did. Like, that's real fucking tough, I know. Pat yourself on the back, Matt. But, look, Kyle Fuller coming on a one-year deal, getting Kareem Jackson back on a one-year deal. Bryce Callahan, even though he's hurt, who gives a shit? He'll be healthy next year. He's here. Uh, you re-sign Simmons, make him the highest-paid safety in football. That's huge. Make sure you check out the Turning Point this week. Uh, it's it's all about Justin Simmons. I just posted it, DNVR Unchained. It's been up at DNVR underscore sports uh, I'll repost it at Six Zero Academy on Twitter. We'll also put it on Instagram a little bit later and give you a little film breakdown. The turning point moving forward is going to be X's and O's based to try and teach everybody. So we'll be on that next week. Thanks to Allie for everything she does there. Um, but they, you know, they re Vaughn and give him essentially, and look, if, if it's 16, 18, 20 sacks, I'm happy. But this isn't all on Vaughn. Again, everything I'm about to talk about comes back to one thing with me, and that's coaching and system. And so we can re-sign all these guys. We can bring in Darby. We can re-sign Vaughn. We can get Shelby his money. We All that shit. We can have the ninth pick. We could trade back to 12 and probably still get a really good player. And look, if he's going to take the best player available – At number nine, that best player available is going to be Sewell, the the tackle from Oregon. And if you want to solve the right tackle problem and get rid of Juwan James' super soft ass, please get rid of this fucking guy. If you walk Juwan James out on opening day and he's the right tackle, Drew Locke will be hurt by the third fucking series. Just saying. Please get rid of it. Please. Please don't bring this guy back. It's going to ruin the locker room, man. Even Garrett Bull said it last year. He's got a lot to prove to us. He's got a lot to prove to himself, dog. You'd rather take 270,000 bucks and walk away from what 20 million dollars last year or god knows what it was. It's a fucking lot though. It's a 14 million. It's a lot. It's a ton. And, and you just don't want to play he's and it's it's known that he doesn't want to push through shit and he won't like do what it takes to be a football player look i'm a walking example of what not to do don't take needles and pills and fuck yourself and like try and be tough i get it if you're injured that's one thing if you're hurt and you're an, a starting right tackle for the Broncos, and you just signed a massive free agent contract, and then the, 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 the book on you, and this is coming from a guy who played with them in Miami, who I also work with routinely all the time, who's one of my guys who was in Denver, who's now in Green Bay. I'm not going to say his name. This is coming from him. When they signed Juwan James, when they could have signed this other guy who's now the starting right tackle for the Packers, when they signed Juwan James, he looked at me and said he doesn't even like football. It's true. He doesn't like football. He likes money. And that's all he got. And that's all he's going to get out of this shit. And I hope it's comfortable. You can't walk out of your fucking house, but it's comfortable. So you can't bring this guy back. So if Penny Sewell is sitting there from Oregon and he's 20 years old and and all this, like, I've heard this on the radio 15 different times. What, do you move Garrett Bowles to right tackle? What, are you fucking high? No, he's the left tackle. You take the rookie and put him in a right tackle stance and he plays right tackle. Come on, dog. This is how I know these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about because it's not that difficult. It's not that hard. Switch your stance, play football. Stop complaining. He's not going to complain going number nine and then having two book-end tackles and then Glasgow, Cushenberry, and Reisner inside. And if you got to cut Glasgow, cut his ass. Austin Slotman's a better player anyway. Yep, I said it. If you're not gonna if you're not going to to draft Sewell at nine, you're gonna trade back and get whoever you get. Maybe take the Penn State linebacker who is a stud. I wouldn't be mad at that either. But I like Johnson. I like Jewel. I think Jewell is a worker. Maybe they're not the best players at that position, but I'm pretty sure if you're gonna walk out Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Darby Vaughn, uh, Shelby Harris, Bradley Chubb, and like your fucking team on defense is loaded, then I don't know, maybe we could have a, a C-plus linebacker that it hustles and makes plays. I watched Glenn Cadrez run sideline to sideline with the Broncos and make fucking a million tackles, and he wasn't any good. He won Super Bowls and shit. Come on. So, Alexander Johnson's a stud. He needs to be developed correctly and like put in position to be successful. Look, everybody's blaming players. It comes back to the Drew Locke thing. I think we should take Sewell at nine to protect his front side, just like now we have a seventy million dollar to protect his back. You need to sign Dalton Reisner to a long term deal, ASA fucking P. And he shouldn't have to take a hometown discount to get it. Telling him he's gonna make more money selling advertising ads for air conditioning companies is fucking ridiculous. Pay this man. Cushionberry's a a, a a young player at center, you know, he may not re-sign here. It's okay, we'll find another center. The last one that started here, signed for $30 million in New York, Connor McGovern. We can find another one. The right guard, if you're going to have that much money invested in the right guard, he better play like a pro bowler, and he's not. So he may be a camp casualty, like Callahan may be. So look, it all comes down to this. We can have all these players, and they can look great on paper, and that's all well and good. You can go pick Sewell at 9, or the Penn State kid at 9, or whoever the fuck, Sertain at 9, doesn't matter. Pick the best player available. You're picking at nine. Your team sucks. It all comes down to this Is Vic Fangio going to sit in shell coverage and play his linebackers at the second level to read? and not put Vaughn and Chubb and Shelby on the same side, not run games, never put five-man fronts on the field to affect everybody and go 5 so you're one-on-one all the time, not bang Blitzes, not bring Simmons from the third level, not blitz Kareem Jackson. You have all this versatility and all these pieces. Are you going to do anything differently, or are you just going to shit and shell coverage and like chase people down and tackle them and be in fucking third and four forever and never be ahead so we can never pass rush? Is that going to happen consistently? And then Pat Schumer. Are you going to support your quarterback regardless of who it is at all? Are you going to run the ball? Are you going to have a fullback on the field and smash mouth? Are you going to run the ball 60% of the time to control time of possession and take huge play action shots down the field to your fast ass receiving core that's actually pretty good with Sutton coming back? You have a healthy tight end. You've got healthy offensive linemen. Please fix the right tackle position at number nine and don't be fucking greedy. Be boring. Boring wins. And then run the ball. Pipe everyone. Line up. And I talk about this. And I was talking about this in the film room this morning at 6 a.m. with 10 guys at six zero, down in Parker, 60academy.com. Rebrand. We're an academy now, bitch. <laughs> I have a cursing class how to talk shit 101. Come down, we'll teach you. All the rest of you shit your pants when we speak. We talked about fuck you offense. We're watching the Super Bowl. And Tampa Bay lines up with an extra tackle in a tight end position with Gronkowski over him and a heavy wing to run scissors. A fullback on the field and one receiver. That's 13 personnel tight end heavy. Fuck you. (laughs) And they just pipe Kansas City for like eight yards. And they did it over and over and over again, which set up massive play action shots down the field, which got them their chunk yardage, which won them the game essentially, and put Kansas City behind the sticks and they couldn't block the pass rushers. So football's not difficult. Football's only difficult when you try and outsmart yourself. And that's what Schumer does constantly. And they did it again, releasing Phil Lindsay. You're outsmarting yourself, bro. If they don't pick a back in second or third round, the best back available, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Because Melvin Gordon, number one, is soft as butter. Number two, he fumbles every single game and he's going to fumble routinely. I bet you he has eight next year. If there's a bet on that, can I take the over on DraftKings immediately? Number three, I've never in my life seen a running back have to wear two offensive line Don Johnny braces on his knees before in a game and I've seen that routinely with him which tells me he's the slowest human being on earth and that from an optical standpoint that looks terrible. I can't have my running back looking like that. I mean come the fuck on. He looks like he's a guard running the ball. I'm surprised those things haven't caught and he hasn't just fallen over and probably has happened actually. I, I'm really hoping that they could figure this out because bringing in Mike Boone is nice for special teams, but it's not going to do anything to help your backfield. Royce Freeman isn't an every down back. Melvin Gordon has proven one year that he could do it with the Chargers, and then after that it's strictly because he was a first-rounder and did it for one year with the Chargers. That's Other than Michael Dean Perry and maybe... Uh, What was the name of that corner from Kansas City? Dwayne Cherry, I think he was. I can't remember his name. But he he was a terrible free agent signing too. Michael Dean Perry and Melvin Gordon are the top two worst free agent signings ever other than Jawan James. He takes the cake. So I'd like to think that Schumer will be able to control his urge to go three wide and run vertical routes and not protect his quarterback or teach him fronts or how to protect himself and what a squeeze gap is and all this other shit that I know is flying around your head right now. And that's the goddamn point. You're, you don't know what I'm talking about. You're not supposed to. Pat Schumer's the fucking offensive coordinator and Drew Locke is the quarterback. They're supposed to know what they're talking about. This isn't, little things aren't supposed to be the problem in the NFL. If you're going to beat me, it's because you're better than me, not because I'm stupid. And everything's fixable, but they refuse to fix the problem. Vic Fangio is on thin ice, bro. If they start one and three, he's gone. Pat Schumer should not be the OC now. The only reason he is is because Vic's comfortable with his old ass. That's the fucking problem at, at UC Health. Everyone's comfortable they pushing Drew Locke. He's comfortable. Pat Schumer's the OC. Ain't nothing going to happen there. He's comfortable. Vic Fangio, he's the head coach until he's not. He's comfortable. Even if he says he's uncomfortable, he's comfortable. Vaughn just got paid 18000000 million, didn't have to restructure. That's pretty comfortable. And there's my fear. They can look this good on paper. Every time I see a team look this good on paper, they suck. So I'm praying that Drew Locke can figure this out and lead his team. and That the the offense can mature under the offensive coordinator. That they can fix the right tackle problem at number nine. Because that kid's going to be there. He's going to fall. Quarterbacks are going to go top four. That's what it is. I'm glad they didn't trade up and get into this bidding war. If anything, trade back. Trade back. Get the kid from Northwestern. Put him at right tackle. Accumulate picks. Get good football players. Develop them. It's, it's not really that difficult, man. It's made difficult because of indecision and feelings. This isn't the fucking Bachelor or the Bachelorette. I don't give a shit about everyone's feelings. I care about winning games. Fuck your feelings. Drew Locke's feelings mean shit. Teach him how to call protection and who to mic point correctly. What does Mike mean, by the way? What does it mean? What does Mike mean? If anybody re- responds with the middle of the defense... Stop your car, get out, and bash your head against your f- your fucking uh, steering wheel. Just get out of your car, go to the hood, and bash your head on the hood because it means most dangerous second-level defender. It does not mean the middle of the defense, for the love of God. So, if your quarterback, starting quarterback, doesn't identify fronts, which he doesn't, it's on the center, your rookie center. That was his job last year. That's pretty cool. If he doesn't identify fronts and he's not responsible for protecting his own ass, why would he? He can blame it on somebody else. And so can the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach when they're in the meeting. And they're like, oh, well, that's the offensive line screw-up. Nah, it's not the offensive line's job to protect your teeth, pretty boy. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, they don't do that shit because they actually know what an over-front, under-front, even, odd, bare. They know how to mic point. They know what a stack is. They know how to adjust on the fly. That's why they take advantage of every defense they play, especially the second time. Pretty sure we have to win division games. So look, I'm excited about the draft because I want it to be over. All this t-shirt football shit is driving me nuts. I'm excited about the offseason, although I'm eager to see if they have OTAs or don't. I would think they do. Almost everybody that's in the gym right now is planning to leave in, in April to go to OTAs, which is awesome. Please go to OTAs. Don't be scared. Just go play football, please. Let's operate like we're in Alabama. They seem to be doing pretty well and that place sucks. So I'm excited about the bus. I'm excited about the Broncos. I'm more excited about time moving forward so we can stop speculating and actually watch something. Um, I'd like to think that maybe they'll do something to boost the quarterback room, but I mean, what do you want them to do exactly? That's episode 108, McChesney Unchained, down here at the DNVR Studio and Bar. I'm your host, Matt McChesney, at least for this episode. Next week, you never know. They could replace me. It's okay. 109 will roll on Tuesday. We will have. Buffs' uh, great center, David Harrison, played for the Indiana Pacers for a a while as well in the NBA. He'll be on the show to talk about a variety of different different things. Also, the NCAA title game is next Monday night, so we'll be talking about that uh, and uh, how awesome March Madness is. I'm so glad it's back. Um, Make sure you get on the DraftKings app and and use the promo code DNVR if you're going to be doing anything uh, sports betting-related this week, tonight. I need Michigan and USC to win, and if they do, baby, ooh! We're going to Sizzlers. So this is uh, your host, Matt McChesney, coming to you from the DMVR Bar and Studio down here. Episode 108 is a wrap. Thank you very much.